0: So, last week I suggested to you that for the most part, God isn't interested in the underdog story, at least we think. That That in fact, if you take a story like the Exodus story, this isn't an underdog story at all because God is at the center of it, and friends, God is not an underdog. Amen. Well, today we have another kind of story. I know one we like. We all love happy endings, right? doesn't feel right if the the, the been watching or reading or paying attention to it's got to have a happy ending for us to be able to appreciate it and accept it just to you again that god doesn't really care about happy endings either this past week went beyond sports i bet if you're not even a baseball fan or a sports fan you heard the name Derek jeter somewhere didn't you we all heard about how his 20-year career came to an end this week, and he had his last home game at Yankee Stadium, famed Yankee Stadium. His illustrious career where he's never had a losing season. He's won so many championships, so many pennants. There he was, and it was like Hollywood scripted it, so many people said, right? He had had a decent game so far, and there it was at the bottom of the ninth Hyde will score. Guess who comes up to bat one last time. Number two, he gets up there. if I'm not mistaken, the very first pitch hits one to the opposite field for an RBI single that wins the game. Everybody goes nuts. Everybody's going crazy. It's his last game. This is a happy ending for Derek Jeter, right? Well, then I got to think about it. Not really. Like if I'm my happy ending... Because, yeah, because I've heard that this is only the second game in his career that he's ever played where his team wasn't in playoff contention. In other words, that was going to be it for him. He wasn't going to have another shot at a championship, which is what he plays for. He still had other games he had to play this week in Boston. It wasn't a happy ending necessarily, but sometimes I think we learn we've got to take what we can get. And sometimes maybe that image of the happy ending, the way things are supposed to finish, maybe that's not all that important. Because if we look at Moses today, Moses is getting ready, his story is getting ready to end. And quite frankly, it's not one of those happy ending kind of stories. Well, he's being led up a mountain one more time, and if you follow the story of No, he's been up and down mountains for more than 40 years now. He's gone up to talk to God. He's come down to talk to the people of God. He goes up again to get a word from God. He comes back down to tell the people that word. He goes up to to the mountain to be with God, to be in God's presence. He comes down to deal with the people up and down, up and down, over and over and over again. And now God leads him up a mountain one last time. And if we're looking for the happy ending, this is where it kind of falls short. Because God has led the people now, by the hand of Moses, to the promised land. God brings Moses up that mountain. He says, look, there it is, Moses. As far as you can see, that's the whole land that I promised you. You remember, right, Moses? I can't let you go in. You can look, but you can't touch. You know, we we want him to be able to go. We want him to be able to celebrate with the people. We want him to be able to be a part of of the worship that's going to happen there in the promised land. But God says, that's not the way it ends for you. And it's there on that mountain looking At the promised land, not entering it, that Moses dies. Sometimes though, you gotta take what you can get. And it wasn't the hallmark ending that maybe we would like, but it was an ending I think that teaches us something valuable. Teaches us something important as we are seeking our own God sized mission, purpose, and life, as we are trying to follow after God's will for our life day after day, I think on that mountain we see something very important. Because as Moses is up there, we know his story. And we know his story is full of ups and downs. We know he's seen a lot. He's the one who who, who fled from Egypt because he killed someone. The people were after him. He knew that if he stayed there, he would lose his life. He's the one that essentially had to trade all of the great things he had in Egypt, all of the, the comfort, all of the luxury he had in Pharaoh's court. Traded it all so that he can go tend sheep day after day after day in the desert. He was the one, you remember, that as God confronted him at the burning bush, said, I've got a plan for you. This is what you will do. This is what you will say. This is. How it will work. God even says, after it's all done, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to worship after it's all done. He assures Moses that it's going to get done. Moses is the one you remember with all the excuses. Some people have suggested it also seems like he has some kind of inferiority complex. He doesn't very highly of himself and he lets that dictate some of his actions and some of his thoughts. But despite any and all of that, you know what he does? keeps going. He finally understands this calling that God gave to him and he kept going. Every setback, every frustration, everything he had to deal with, every time the people got on his nerves, every time he doubted himself, he kept going. Now, I don't know if you know this, but uh, church people know how to complain. I didn't say which one, so calm down. But here, God had done this great thing. Had brought them out of slavery and brought them to the promised land, brought them uh, over the Red Sea. Great, powerful act of God. And you know what the people did almost immediately as they got there? I want to go home. I want to go back over there. And you know what else they did? They to Moses. They said, you know what? You're the one that brought us Did you bring us here to die? Why did you do this to us? (laughs) But you know what Moses did? He kept going. Something also very interesting about Moses' story. At one point, at least at one point, there's a time when God says, Oh, I'm done with these people. These church folk arguing about the color of the carpet. Oh, I'm done. Says, God, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. I don't know. Maybe Moses is, uh, maybe he's hard headed. Maybe he's stubborn. Maybe he's fearful of what he thinks God would do. Maybe he's a bad leader. But you know what he did? Even though God said at one point he wanted to quit, he kept. And as a leader, I'm sure that Moses, as he's with the people, as they're griping, as they're talking about him, as they're saying these things, I'm sure in the back of his mind, at least once he says, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe I am. Maybe I am off my rocker. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I don't belong here. Maybe this was all a mistake. Maybe this is this is wrong. Maybe. But you know what Moses did anyway? He kept going. Now, when Moses died there on that mountain, there's a couple things we learned about him. Kind of strange thing. We realized he had a good vision plan. The writer in Deuteronomy tells us that his sight was unimpaired at a hundred and something years old. How's that feel to some of you guys? You ever notice how your Bible, the print that just gets smaller and smaller, right? But doesn't that seem like a funny thing to suggest? Here you are at the end of his life. That's kind of like the joke where you're supposed to live good enough so that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. You ever heard that, right? It kind of seems like, um, here's Moses, and uh, he had (laughs) sight. (laughs) Maybe there's something they're telling us, though. Maybe there's a part of him that was able to overcome obstacles anybody else. Would have come to. But then that's not the only thing we learned about Moses. His sight was unimpaired, but we also hear, and I think more importantly, that his vigor had not abated him. That doesn't just roll off the tongue, and I think we miss some of the, the essence of, of what the writer tells us. And what he's saying is that spirit that Moses had, it never left him, it never disappeared, it never fled from him. I love how one version of the Bible says it so plainly, he still walked with a spring in his step. You see, and what we need to realize is his spring in his step that he was able to keep, it wasn't just about his outlook in life. It wasn't just about he had a positive attitude, that he saw life through rose-colored glasses. That wasn't what it was about. It was about his relationship with God. It was about his willingness to follow God And because of that, he was able to go through all his life without missing a beat. He was able, despite everything that went on at his very last moments, it was able to be said of him that he still walked with a spring in his step. You see, friends, Moses received a God-sized mission. Moses received What his purpose in life was. And despite every setback, despite every frustration, despite every chance he had to say, you know what, I'm done. He stuck with it. Once he finally realized what God had called him to do, he followed through. And what's amazing is that all those setbacks, all those disappointments, all those frustrations, he took them to the promised land. Because he kept going. And because he did, friends, he stands out, Moses does, as one of the prominent figures of our faith. You and I may not read it as much, but if you look at the Old Testament, read through the Psalms and even passages in the New Testament. That Exodus story, that part of the story where Moses is such a central figure, that is an important piece of the history of the people of God. It's talked about over and over and over and over again about what God did at the Red Sea, about God's power, about the finger of God that we saw in action. Can you imagine if the hand of God got busy? And Moses was a part of that. And people remembered him. People remembered his life. Sure, they may remember some of his faults. More than anything, he stands out as a great character of our faith because of his faith in God. And as you study uh, Scripture more, as you look at a story like this, as I know you all do, you'll notice that uh, there's there's a conversation about well, what exactly was Moses to the people? Was he like a, a priest-like figure? Was he a king-like figure? Was he a military commander? Was he a prophet? One scripture says, and I think you could probably make an argument for every single one of those functions for Moses, that in fact, it seems he might be a little bit of all of those. At some point in his life, at some point in the Exodus story, Moses stands as a prophet to the people. Moses stands as a priest of the people. Moses stands as their commander and even their king-like At different times in life, he became what the people needed him to be. And I think if you and I have been looking at Moses' life over the last several weeks, I think that we can also agree that there comes a time in our life when we become different things as well. Sometimes we're the child, we grow up to be the parent who then becomes the grandparent. Sometimes we're the student, other times we're the teacher. Sometimes we're the spouse, other times we're the boss. I was making sure you're awake, that's all. But in our life, we go through different stages. We become different things to different people. We, our function changes sometimes. What could be said of us at one time may or, not, may, or may not be something that could be said of us at another time as we go through all these stages in life, what remains the same that we have to offer is our faith. What does our faith say about who we are at whatever stage of life we're at right now? What does your faith say about the kind of parent you are, the kind of grandparent, the kind of boss, the kind of student, the kind of teacher, the kind of church member? What does your faith say about Kind of whatever you are. Something else interesting about Moses that we that we hear on this mountain is that he was buried, but nobody ever knew where. We didn't know where he was buried, and I know sometimes we think, well, why? We we want to be able to go to a place. We want to be able to to go pay our respects. We want to be able to go do what we're accustomed to doing. We need to know where he's buried, but in one sense, we need to realize it doesn't matter. Where Moses was buried. Because of his faith. And the memory of all the things that he had been a part of with the Exodus story. They were with the people. It wasn't important that they write about where he was buried. What was important about it is that they write about what he had learned about God. And about his faith. I don't know if you know this or not. But people watch. Quite often people watch our faith. What are we giving them to watch? What are we giving them that, that after we're gone? And maybe not just even at death. Maybe, you know, we have different stages. Sometimes we're in a church for one time and we have to be at another church another time. Maybe it's a job that we change. Maybe it's a family situation. point of our life, what are we giving people to remember about our faith? Seems like at every single one of those stages, if we can remember that our faith is what guides us and leads us, maybe we can be like Moses, and no matter what, no matter what. Friends, we need to remember that God specifically said, You remember when Jesus was with his disciples? He had come and he did the whole Jesus thing, and they were kind of in awe about that. Now they were kind of scared, and Jesus had their attention now. He says, Look, this is what I want you to do now. I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to wait, because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, I am going to pour out my Spirit on all people, and you will have power. And then it's gone. Not supposed to be gone. God never said take it now and leave it later. We're just left with you are going to have my power. But sometimes, I think we lose it, and I kind of wonder if maybe we stop going. Maybe we lose that spring in our step. That maybe we don't have that vigor and that passion that we once had. Certainly that passion that God wants to give to us. Friends, I want you to think about your life. And that as you are trying to figure out what God wants you to do, as you are spending time in prayer and reflection and conversation and reading scripture, praying again, crying out to God, what is it you want me to do with my life? What is my purpose? As you are finding that, here's what I want you to realize. If you just keep going, they may never write a Bible book about you. They may never write a song about you. They may never remember you in the history of all faith in the world. But somebody would have witnessed your life. Somebody would have seen something in you that encouraged them. Somebody would have seen you do something that only God could have helped you do. It may be the one thing that gives them enough courage to keep going too. You may not be one of the most prominent figures in our faith, but if you just keep at it, you'll have the God-sized mission. You'll have the happy ending that God really wants. And we see that in Scripture. Read the book of Hebrews, and you see that there's this idea that the people of God have passed on. They're up there cheering for us. Keep going! Keep at it! Don't lose faith! Keep Running, it's what Paul said to us a little while I may not have it now, but I press on. I press on. I keep going. I feel like I'm down. I feel like I'm broken. But I'm going to press forward. Friends, that's all I want you to do. No matter what stage of life you may find yourself today or tomorrow, hear me, if you are seeking your God-sized mission, keep at it. Don't stop. Let them be able to say of you that last day, you know what? Maybe their vision wasn't as good as it used to be. But they still had a spring in their step. They still had something about them that gave other people joy. There was still something about their spirit that other people were able to feed off of. There was still something that we saw in them that only God could give them. Friends, keep going. If you have, you know what the good thing about God is? Start over. Keep.